Labor Day special, Crime Scene Time Machine, intro. Welcome to the Crime Scene Time Machine. As always, I'm your host, Scott Roeder, and today with me is my son, Evan Roeder. He's going to be joining us to talk about aliens, crime scenes, and what kind of uh, mischief these guys are going to get into trouble. So uh, thanks for showing up, and uh, let's get on with the show after this quick introduction from Sir William Shatner. How about that, man? William Shatner, have you ever heard that one? I've never heard that, no. There it is, William Shatner, Space Cowboy. Uh, so uh, welcome to the uh, podcast, uh, Mr. Roeder. Oh, well, thank you, Mr. Roeder. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> First time in a long time. It, well, you know, actually, you've been on the show before. We did an episode, uh, if you remember, on uh, Operation High Jump. Oh, yeah, I recall. I remember, remember that. that. That was a. I, I remember you specifically mm-hmm. saying that some of my claims were, and I quote, outlandish. Yeah, I think I remember that. <laughs> so, uh, there's been a little bit of time, probably, I see, two years maybe since we did that last episode. We've grown, you know. I've got more gray hair on my beard, and you've got more beard on your beard. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, to revisit some of those claims, um, UFOs, aliens—I don't know—it's kind of coming into the zeitgeist that maybe that's kind of showing up on our timeline. What do, what do you think, from your perspective, your age coming into this? You got a different perspective, different kind of life. How do you perceive, just peripherally or generally? The UFO phenomenon as it's uh, manifesting in 2023. I think we've got more evidence of it now than we ever have before. Uh, we've got real evidence, evidence that's uh, a lot harder to discredit, and so I think it has to be taken a lot more seriously. Um, a lot, of, and you can look back at some of the older evidence that was discredited, and was there an act to discredit it, or were these people not of their right mind? And I think it's probably a little bit of a mix of both. I think there probably were people that were. Uh, discredited with certain smear campaigns and stuff like that. I mean, they're trying to do that right now with that David Grush guy. They are, yeah. They're looking into his uh, psychological history, the fact that he uh, had possible PTSD, depression. Is that fair? As a news, uh, as any kind of an augmentation to a a newsworthy story, the mental health or history of mental health of of a guy who's trying to report something that he knows and thinks shouldn't be secret. I mean, would you see that in the court of law? If, you, if there's somebody that has potential mental issues, would a, uh, uh, someone cross-examining that person on the stand? Well, that's a great question. Um, let's see in the scenario where it would and would not apply. So in a criminal case where, and what you're hearing there is a trusty old Dexter breathing into the background. Hey, listen. <laughs> Everybody wants to be part of Crime Scene Time Machine. We understand it. We're dealing with the love. So if you hear a little bit of that heavy breathing in the background, that's good old uh, Sir, uh, Sir uh, Dexter uh, trying <laughs> to join in with his, with his good uh, vibrations there. Um, 
so I think where, where I was at with that was um, in the court of law, in a criminal case, if, for example, I'm being accused of murder mm-hmm. and I say that you must believe me that I did not do this murder because I've never committed a crime in my life and I have a high moral character and you could call a hundred people to verify that I am a man of good standing in the community. And on cross-examination, the prosecution would be able to gouge through your history and see, well, what are other instances of moral turpitude to impeach your characters? In that situation, um, you could. In, in this situation, it, we have a whistleblower. Mm-hmm. So he's somebody who says he saw a crime, okay, and he's making the complaint. He's not the source of the prosecutorial action. So in that case, that would be like calling into question the moral turpitude of, say, the victim of a crime for reporting the crime. Which I think is immoral, but it is done, is it not? People will take uh, victims of crimes and uh, a defense attorney might go against them and question, well, did this really happen to you? Um, Something to that effect. They definitely would. Uh, Whether it's right or wrong, the judge certainly has the ability to regulate how far you can go down that Mm -hmm. Q&A to make sure that it's relevant to the subject matter. I think the most important thing with the David Grush situation is that he served in one of the highest positions of military intelligence. And if they did not determine his mental standing to be inadequate... Right, right, because he came back from active military combat and then was assigned a military intelligence position. So you would think that they would consider his character in the highest regard. If he has control of some of the most important secrets in the U.S. military, then surely his psychological position is not worthy of being criticized. And even more so, his allegiances. It'd be different if he was fired because of a psychological break and then he came out as a whistleblower. Um, Because then you can say, okay, well, this person might not be within the right faculties. But in this case, he was still employed and he... He's still employed now. Yeah, so he's in a position where he has still been credible. Okay, so here's my vibe on it. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I believe he's credible. Um, whether people are feeding him things that aren't true, knowing he would overturn it as part of an intentional dis- or misinformation campaign. Listen, we all know PSYOPs and CIA and cloak and dagger stuff is real. Edward Snowden taught us that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradley, uh, Chelsea Manning told us that. Julian Assange told us that. It definitely is. I think that (laughs) the the challenge is not everything is a psyop, but some things are. And every situation is different. You have to look at what you do know. And I think that with Grush, I believe that what he's saying is true from what he believes and what he's learned. If he's being fed misinformation, all we can really do right now is wait until more information gets revealed to the public. Um, I personally do believe what he's saying. But, yeah, we, we don't know if he's being 
misled so that he misleads the public. Well, never, we can't know that until we get more information. I, I want to cut, get, get a couple issues before we turn this loose with some hypothesizing. Um, the uh, I kind of uh, had a podcast the other day, and a lot of people are kind of glossing over this issue. If the UFOs are real and they're here and they're not us, mm. let's say they're not people, whatever, they're future versions, multidimensional versions, they're extraterrestrial, uh, you know, whatever, you know, they're from Antarctica, they're from a wormhole, who knows, whatever, I don't mm. know. But let's say they're here and they're real and they got machines and technology and stuff. And that, so likely that's probably been like that for 70 years. They've been here, they've had the technology 70 years. So all the conspiracies that our government secretly made a deal with them in the 60s, mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of goes back to the end of World War II and Operation yeah. Paperclip where we brought in all these Nazi scientists who all collectively as a Nazi scientist group believed in UFOs and occult kind of magic tree. Mm-hmm. And that kind of fueled their innovative te- science technology, and that was superior from the technological standpoint. They lost the war. Richard Dolan, the author that I um, highly respect, historian, theorizes in uh, one of his books that there could be a break off civilization from the wealthy elites post World War II financial, autocratic, banking system type people, quote-unquote Illuminati or whatever, uh, who uh, have that same technology and they're buzzing around showing their superiority. Bottom line is this. It means that there's that technology is real. Zero-point energy is real. We don't need gas. We don't need petrol. A post-disclosure world on the truth of extraterrestrial would put us immediately into the world of the George Jetsons and out of the Flintstones what say you? Uh, I think that gets to my greater point of what I believe any of these cover-ups or conspiracies are about. It's not twirling mustaches for cruelty's sake. It is maintaining financial dominance. I think that uh, if there is this technology out there that can make us immediately uh, no longer reliant on oil, uh, we are able to have near limitless energy for everybody that uh, could be affordable for everybody. Um, well, people that are currently wealthy and powerful are going to lose that share over the economy. And I think that that is, at the end of the day, this is a wrestling for control. I, I think that is probably a stronger motivation than even mass panic, which I know is the other big conspiracy. The government fears mass panic. Um, they don't fear mass. Do you really think? Oh, I'm not going to push back on that. Not to argue, but just like as a question. I'm not saying that either. I'm saying this with the government. But let me ask you. Yeah. Do you? Th- you're a grown man. Mm-hmm. Let's say aliens uh, break through the evening news with Lester Holt, and uh, they say, "Hey, uh, just want to let you know we're aliens. We're kind of better than you, but we're not bad. We're not good, but we're not bad. Just go amongst your business." Uh, you think everybody would just totally freak and stop living their normal life and stuff and just like run around with their hair on fire? Like what do you think would really happen? Well, I think that there would be a mix of reactions. I think that um, – it's a quick aside. 
Dexter keeps coming up here with the ball, and uh, you seem a little frustrated, but you keep throwing him the ball. He's playing fetch with you. I know. I'm not frustrated by it. I, I guess I'm just trying to get his background breathing off the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I don't throw the ball away from him, he just sits here on the microphone and breathes. Yeah. So I'm going to stop playing catch with him for a second. Yeah. And we'll see, we'll see if how just, prominent we'll see if he the breathing down is. In a we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. You know what? There you go. There's the. That's why, folks, it's good to have children because they accentuate the, the patience in you. And the virtue, uh, you, you get all those bad genetics. You wean them out through the breeding process. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're right. He went to go lay down. Yeah. Look at that. Wow. It's um, amazing. Got it right. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. I'll yeah. take that win. Very, um, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, getting back to the, the point of um, mass panic, I think there'd be uh, a wide variety of responses. There are, I think, going to be a, a large percentage of the population that can't be troubled by it. Um, too much is going on in their personal lives. They have got their own personal struggles. We've already seen this with the disclosure. Oh, there's a lot of people that have heard this disclosure, and they're not even saying, I don't believe David Grush. They're saying, okay, and why should I care? I can't afford groceries. So there's, there's going to be a percentage of people that it's not going to change them that much. There will be people that I think will be terrified. Um, I think there will be a few different kinds of people that will be terrified. I think people that are um, very religious are going to have a lot of things challenged. Now, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, the Pope. If you, I mean, if you believe in the Pope and that kind of thing. I mean, he is a religious figure. I certainly you know? believe he exists. <laughs> he does. I've seen the evidence. I've seen pictures. Yeah. I saw the one time Sinead O'Connor, rest her soul, tore up a picture of that old Pope. Yeah. The other Pope. So, uh, but anyway, the Pope came out, and other religious leaders, I assume, have come out and said, "Yeah, if there, if there's uh, extraterrestrials, uh, uh, the Pope's like." I'll be happy to baptize them, is what the Pope said. <laughs> That's funny. Isn't that funny? That's a good response. Yeah. I think there will also be people that say that um, these are devils, um, particularly religious folk. I think we'll say that these are devils. Um, I mean, okay, let's just hypothesize it for a second. Is the idea of a devil or a demon uh, or an evil spirit or a ghost, is, is that a possibility in the realm of what it could be? It's possible. I mean, I think that one of the big things that's going to come from full disclosure, if we actually get the full picture of what's going on, we're going to be looking back through a lot of things throughout human history and asking, was this aliens? Um, we're going to be looking at things we're The burning bush. What was real, that really? Right. Right. Um, the or, flood. What was really that about? Or even just uh, strange events in human history. Um, what's the one? The, the Baba, Baba Garisha? The... The, the ancient uh, Indian Sanskrit, uh, uh, it's like the Bible of their nuclear war back, you know, 3000 BC in India. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not sure about that one. But Oppenheimer quoted that when he blew up the nuclear bomb. You even point to things like um, the ancient Greeks and Romans, and they're talking yeah. about people with these chariots that fly in the sky. Um, people are going to be looking back at a lot of these things and wondering, it was this sightings of aliens or... Is it natural to see a bird fly in the sky and think, what if I could do that? And I don't think we're going to get all of these questions answered, but it's going to open a lot of questions that will be, I think, fascinating to look into. Greek mythology. Does the alien UFO phenomenon... Excuse me. <coughs> Does the alien UFO phenomenon put Greek mythology characters like Zeus and Poseidon into the potential interpretation of it could have been literally real i think it could have been but i think that 
at the end of the day, unless these aliens come down and tell us, yes, that was us. Hey, guys, it was us. That was our joke. We were the ancient Greeks. We thought that that's the best way you could understand us. Um, Do you think they joke? Do you think these aliens have a sense of humor? I was actually talking about that with one of my friends the other day. Do they have music? Do they have art? Is that a unique human creation, the, this more creative aspect of us? Or is creativity necessary for advancement, and therefore they also have creativity? Do they express emotion the way we would express emotion? I think the answer to that is I think they have less emotion. I'm just theorizing, mm -hmm. but from the zeitgeist of the material that I've absorbed, it seems like they have less emotion and more emotional intelligence or more evolved level of self-awareness and how they fit in the big picture of the cosmos of life. I would believe that. I think that um, humanity in general, one of our greatest flaws is that we became logically intelligent far faster than we became emotionally intelligent. Agree. And I think that is, we can logically point to all these things that could be created, could be done, but our emotional biases cause a lot of tension and conflict that if you could separate that, and match our emotional intelligence to our intellectual intelligence, we would have almost no suffering in this world. Of course, we have natural suffering, disease and loss and stuff like that, but um, greater conflicts, many wars, not all wars would be avoided, but many if, wars would be avoided. If we didn't invest in the war machine and invested in just real biological healing technology, we could probably extend the human life to 300 years with function rather than having a 90-year maximum, 70 to 90-year maximum filled with pain and the war filled with war. You know, I feel like we get what we do. We, we get what we deserve. Mm -hmm. Like if we as a country continue to allow our government to take our hard earned tax money that we pay that's taxed and then, mm -hmm. then it's taxed and we pay for our home is taxed and then we own it and then our cars everything's taxed and then they use that tax money not to make your life better but to make make war and proxy war and take ufos and turn them into sky dominating war machines instead of investigating into health longevity peace love i mean so if we have Look at how much we invest in peace and love. That's what we get out of it. We're investing as a country trillions of dollars a year in defense. Of course, we're going to have wars no matter what to justify that expense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the military industrial complex at the end of the day makes a ton of money and there's no incentive to stop it. And they would use the UFO technology to their advantage for total sky dominance. Yeah. Which is what we've had as the United States since World War II. Mm -hmm. So if Roswell was true in 1947 and we reverse engineered that and that came in as a result of our testing of the nuclear bomb in the Nevada desert, it opened up a dimension or something. It sent out a message to space saying, hey, these monkeys figured out how to make fire. Let's go check on them. I do think that uh, advancements in nuclear energy are what drew any attention to us. It seems like it's almost a direct connection of UFO sightings and the development of the nuclear bomb. Um, Modern day UFO sightings at least, yeah. right? Um, which kind of runs contradictory to sort of the ancient aliens thing. It could be different types of aliens. Um, I think but could be, I mean, could be a mixture of 
multidimensional, extraterrestrial, ultra-terrestrial. Have you ever heard that term? I've not. That's the idea that there are ultra-humans or ultra-beings that have lived on this planet that predates humans that we just can't see because either they, they veil themselves to us, they live under the earth, they live in forbidden lands, uh, you know, that's an ultra terrestrial, like they've always been here, but they're way bigger. Like, like they're, they're humans and we're ants in the relative scale of their perspective. Hmm. Uh, that's what they consider an ultra. I want to circle back real quick to the, yeah. the original question, yeah. uh, mass panic. Um, yeah. I was throwing out a couple possibilities. I think that there will be some people that will actually find this very encouraging and strangely comforting. Sometimes if you think about just how vast the universe is and how lonely it seems, there is a bit of comfort to know that there is other life out there and there's more than what's going on in the day-to-day. I think there will be some people that say, why should I go to my job when there are aliens that could obliterate us at any moment? Well, I guess it depends if you're a pessimist or an optimist. And if you're, if you're a pessimist, you're going to say something like, I think it was Carl Sagan or somebody that said this. Um, and no offense to Carl Sagan. I love Carl Sagan. But I think this is a very pessimistic statement. Either we're the only life in this vast, infinite universe and we're all alone or we're not. Either perspective, either pro- prospect- perspective is scary. I don't think that's scary. I don't think it's scary at all. I think it's a little scary and there's a quote from Stephen Hawking that I think is um, it's his opinion on aliens and it's that if there are aliens we should avoid them at all costs. And what he does is he, he points to um, the Spanish Empire as they arrived in what is now Mexico and they found the Aztecs. And what they did to the Aztecs is very likely what could be done to us by the aliens. They have technological superiority and they find our land. Let's assume that they are creatures that need energy to survive. They have a fixed amount of life. They have resources, they have technology, they have an army. They're going to see an underdeveloped species and they will treat it like it is beneath them. They might not do it violently, They might not come in here with laser guns and blow us up, but there will be a sense of subjugation at work in the same way that the Spanish came with rare foods that have never been seen before and worked metals that have not been seen before. Let me give you some of these gifts. And then slowly they take over, they depose leaders, and before you know it, the entire civilization is wiped out. I would agree with that. With the, I would, I would replace the uh, example of the Spanish and the Mayans with, uh, say, humans and gorillas. I would say <laughs> I think that's fair. But also, if a gor- if we, I guess if okay, if it's like gorillas, most gorillas get to live in nature by themselves. They are sometimes monitored by humans. There are some in zoos. There are some in captivity. Some are tested in labs. Um, but most of them are free to live their lives. If that's the case, I think there'd still be a lot of panic because everybody's going to Does a gorilla panic when he sees a person? A gorilla's not capable. Well, a gorilla does get fearful, but I don't think a gorilla is capable of having a more existential fear, of worrying about something that's not in front of them in Mm. the sense that 
they might have seen a human once, but I don't think five years later they're wondering what if that human comes back. Um, if we know, I don't know. I don't know. I know chimpanzees probably do though. Like chimpanzees hold a grudge, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, like, uh, like I don't know. Maybe I'm anthropomorphizing too much, but like for example, I have like an affinity for crows. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I have my own murderer crow here in my hometown with a group of six crows, four to six crows, it fluctuates. Um, I call them, I call them gua, <laughs> my gua. And uh, uh, it's been told that if you kill a crow, uh, uh, they did this a science experiment at like Harvard University or something yeah. like that, where like a crow was injured accidentally or on purpose, or I forget what it was, but then they studied the group of crows. They came back. Those crows would remember by face the name, the, the, the guy that hurt them. Yes. And they will teach all lineage of crows, even crows born after the event, to stay away from that guy. I have heard that, yes. So I wouldn't be so sure that a gorilla doesn't worry about the future. Well, then in that case, shouldn't we be afraid of these aliens? Wouldn't humans be afraid of aliens in a grand scale with, I, that, with that metaphor? I, well, I think... Would you be afraid or should you be afraid are two different questions. I think would you be afraid depends on you. Should you be afraid? I think no. Because if anything in the UFO phenomenon is true and things that are consistent with non-mutual converging interests keep repeating at it. One of the instances is they have total complete control of your consciousness. An alien, depending on the type, could come down and just be like off button – you're off now. Potentially. So if they can just turn your off button and do whatever they want, you have absolutely no control. Why would what's their, why be scared? The only reason to be scared would be if there would be a struggle. There's guarantee if they wanted control of us, there would be no – we would suffer no struggle because they can turn us off. Well, let's think about the, uh, <laughs> the gun-toting – backwoods person who says i'm gonna arm myself with a full armory in case the government tries to take my guns that guy's not gonna stop tanks and helicopters and drones from from taking no but go out in the blaze of glory pew 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 and that same mentality is going to be carried over to aliens by many people by us toward them by us towards them we're going to be the backwoods gun-toting person who is afraid of this higher power even though we could never defeat them and they will be naturally hostile I think that there. I think that that is going to be a portion of the population. Not everybody, but I think there will be a portion that will say these are outsiders. They want to control us, and I'm not gonna. I will die before I let them control me. Okay, hypothesizing for a second. If uh, aliens are real, they come down, and we all kind of just chill, get along. Everything's just like you know, low key coexistence kind of situation, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say the aliens, they have kind of superpowers depending on their species, and, uh, but they have to live by kind of a universal galactic law that is enforced on planet Earth, like a galactic federation code, mm -hmm. like kind of like our code that we have here, but maybe including some of their powers. Sure. Like, thou shalt not look into the thoughts of thy neighbor without consent. Right, right, right. right. right? Okay. You can't uh, 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 covet uh, thy neighbor's um, uh, Brain pod. <laughs> right, right. You got your special brain pods in a separate canister. Uh, right, right, yeah. Or like, you know, so like what kind of crimes <coughs> I'll give you some I'll give you an alien species mm -hmm. that have commingled here on planet Earth. We're now in the year three thousand. We've all kind of settled in. We're doing all right. You mm -hmm. know, we're kinda like uh, you know, maybe New York City, nineteen ninety five kind of thing. 
uh, pre-9-11, say something like that kind of era, let's say it's 29.95, we're all getting along, and there's new law, okay, lion, human, hybrid, alien species on planet Earth, what kind of mischief would they get into? What kind of crimes? It's like, dun dun law and order. Lion pride. <laughs> okay, so we got lion, lionoids. Yeah, lionoids, yeah. Okay. Um, I think they're, they're, they have a real name. They're the Leos. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that the, the first thing I'd be concerned about is um, roaring in a residential area. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Noise ordinances and such. Of course. <laughs> uh, a lion's roar can be heard five miles away in the African plains. That's right. So, And this is a basically an ultra lion. Yeah. So you would think, and what, what if they had like auto-tune? You know, that we could do like a hold on, let's see if we can get a lion auto tune and keep going. What would be the next crime a a lion would? (laughs) Um, Well, I would probably say um, patricide. Um, Lions have a history of uh, ousting or killing their fathers when they come of age. Ooh. I don't, maybe if there's a lion type alien species, they have a similar tradition. What is that? So you get the lion's auto tune. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's more of a, it's more of an owl. Anyway, yeah. we're, 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 we're going to get the sound effects boards later in yeah, the show. Yeah, we'll work that out. We'll, work, we'll put it in post. <laughs> put it in post. So, yeah, so the, the killing the father. In uh, lion, in like lion uh, prides, um, typically the, the females uh, will stay in the pride and the males will be ousted as they come of age to roam either to depose their father or they are kicked out and exiled and they roam as nomads until they can find a pride of their own to take over. But that's a game show. That is a game show. That's a game show. That's a coming of age, Leo, humanoid, pride, futuristic game show. Will you kill your father? Roar! (laughs) (laughs) I am lion. Hear me roar. I I don't know. Um, I think we'd have a lot of uh, deadbeat Leos. Yeah. Um, the, the, the male lions do not hunt, really. Well, you would think that they would if – if I thought that there was a chance that my cub would kill me – oh, you're talking about the, the dad killing the cub, not the cub killing the dad. It goes both ways. Oh, uh, well, you, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Uh, typically, if the dad is too old and the, the lion cub grows up and comes of age – Yeah, like I want your stuff. I, will, I, want, I want to be in control of this pride. I want first bite on the prey right. and eventually it, it comes to blows right. and you're – going to need to be forced out but if the lion cub or the lion father the the patriarch of the of the pride senses this early he will exile the yeah, but, but you're not giving them credit for being an advanced lionoid species. Well, I'm trying to take well, they probably have pa- evolved past that okay, well perhaps yeah uh, i think that uh it's natural for us to imagine that these alien species are very advanced emotionally because it makes sense in a way you'd think that you would need to be able to collaborate to reach into space or in other dimensions. You need to put war behind you. But there is the possibility that they have not evolved past these points, that there are inner ter- uh, turmoil and uh, conflict. It's po- I mean, we've seen portrayals of insectoid alien species that are very warlike and militaristic and are uh, bound to, to conquest. The, um, uh, like the, the, like the, the men in black the, aliens. Yeah, yeah, the men in black aliens. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think that, I think... Probably for the most part, there would be mostly getting along, but I feel like you would have the kind of crime that you had in Men in Black. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, hey, what, what's a millipede? You're not allowed to leave the planet at, uh, you know, yeah. you can't feed your gremlin after 11 on a Saturday, you exactly. know, you know, stuff like that. And there's probably some hijinks and so on. Um, Space littering. 
We see a lot of space littering. We already see that right now. There's uh, space is uh, full of satellites that don't work anymore. You know, I heard a theory recently that most satellites are actually satelloons, that they're just on balloons. Do you think there's any truth to that? I wouldn't know how that would work. Well, you put a satellite on a balloon, you fill it up with helium, and then you throw it up into near-Earth orbit, and it just kind of hovers there. Huh. What would be the point of that? Satellite telephone communication technology? But why not just use a regular satellite instead of a balloon? I guess because that's the part I'm confused about. I would think satellites would be harder to control. Um, and how do you bring a satellite down well, once you, they're out of service? You really don't. They just stay up there and they pollute the, uh, right. the orbit. So wouldn't it be better to have it on a balloon so you could just pop it and bring it down in the ocean and replace it? Suppose, yeah. I would think it would clear up the space junk. It would. I mean, balloon technology has been around since the 1750s. Yeah. You would think that we've perfected it by now. Yeah. Matter of fact, I heard a theory once on this one extraterrestrial show that some huge alien extraterrestrial UFO events have been faked by use of 300,000 foot balloons that have motors on them with long, like, like taut invisible strings that have like a, uh, like a styrofoam giant UFO at the bottom. And then you move the balloons at the top in the upper atmosphere, like really fast <laughs> and it'll be a delay, but the, the styrofoam balloon, hundred thousand feet below you would look like it's moving 10,000 miles an hour based on the reactionary spring mechanism of the higher elevated balloon moving in a delayed effect. And then the basically like a baseball bat, Oh, you know, wow. and that's how you could move it so fast. Huh? Like that, there's a theory that that's how um, some like might have been fake. Some of them have been fake like that. I think that. Um, when, do you see what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying. Um, I'm still trying to grasp what the point of it is. I guess it kind of reminds Psy-op. me. Yeah. Um, to scare people. I mean, because there's the, the there's a couple of granddaddies of the big conspiracy world. Mm-hmm. The the there's in my opinion, there's three granddaddies the three origin stories of conspiracies. And I'm not telling you that I think they're true or false, except for one of them, the JFK assassination. Mm. I'm all over that. I'm on the record. Uh, Like my epitaph is be like, yeah, he, Mm -hmm. he didn't believe the Warren commission period, you know? (laughs) Um, So that's, I think a big one in in American history, because I feel like that's when there was a coup d'etat and America's government was overthrown by a non-elected entity, 1963, November uh, 7th, when JFK was assassinated in Dallas, Texas on that day. Our sitting president killed in a major city in broad daylight, coup d'etat. I'll quote Stanley uh, 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 Oliver Stone on that one. Great American hero, Oliver Stone, Oliver Weck. Uh, Oliver Stone and Dr. Cyril Weck, I tip my cap to you on the Mount Rushmore of, of uh, the the real truth community out there in the world. I give you credit, guys. Keep uh, being great warriors out there. What are your other two? The other two, the grandy, I think the origin story of conspiracy theories is there's something that's being hidden in Antarctica that could prove that maybe we're not on a globe and the heliocentric model of the solar system is not right and it's an Earth-centric model. And what's the last one? And the last one would be Operation Blue Beam, that the secret control group, whoever they are, 
to get final control for a single world, one world government will be a fake alien invasion to basically unite us under the false banner of hostile aliens so that they can control us and have a fake war in space so that they can keep having their pile. Those are the three, I think, cornerstones of the conspiracy community. It reminds me of um, The Watchmen. We have um, Ozymandias. Love that movie. Who is, I think, one of the most interesting characters in fiction because at the end of the day, is he really a villain or not? He orchestrates basically uh, a fake alien attack to prevent nuclear genocide to all of humanity. And the craziest thing is that he succeeds and no one is the wiser save for a select few people. And he lies to people. He gets people killed, murdered, including people that... He uh, loved. Yeah. Um, but he grew out of love yeah. for the meta purpose. And at the end of the day, peace is found. Um, it's an interesting point of view. Bummer. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it, you, you take that to sort of like... Great movie, though, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, great uh, graphic novel. Yeah. Uh, I think the movie is okay. I think that graphic novel is astounding. Okay. Um, I think that uh, it brings up an interesting point about the, uh, the, the responsibility of the individual in government. Um, how much power should you be allowed to have? Even if you can do something for a greater good, should you be allowed to have that power? Um, let's say, for example, this one world government. What if there really is in a situation where we have nuclear genocide, which is, you know, always a possibility with how many nuclear bombs are on the world. Well, what's going on with, with, with Ukraine and Russia? We're baiting Putin into World War III. I, I don't want to talk politics, but because I don't really think that's a political issue. I think it's, it's a fact. What? Like, we're, 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 we're baiting World War III, aren't we? Not you and me, personally. I don't think but our so. our government? I think he's baiting World War III. You think Putin is? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know enough about it. He's, he's expanding his territory. He's trying to take land. He is doing what a lot of conquerors try to do. Um, and well, we it, took Hawaii by force and never gave it back. And now uh, our governmental negligence is killing the indigenous people of uh, Maui uh, to make, I think, make more room for Oprah and Bezos. It's a theory, but I'm just saying, are we any different than him? Look what we did to Hawaii. Is that what he's doing to Crimea? But those people in Crimea, those are Russian-speaking people. They voted to be with him. Uh, my understanding in is Donbass. My understanding is that that election is not something that we could really take at face value. And Russian-speaking, I mean, sure, we speak English because we were colonized. I mean, well, we, you know, Native Americans were colonized. Well, you and I come from Ireland and Germany. Right. <laughs> um, we're talking about the, the, the Native American people. What have we done to them? Yeah, but, yeah, but, I mean, what's, I mean, what's, I the, what's the argument I'm just saying, here? why is Russia any different than us other than they're our political adversary? Well, they're doing, a, they're doing a horrible thing. We've also done horrible things. I don't think that the response is we do bad things, so we should let other people do bad things. The response should be we should hold ourselves accountable. And we should hold others accountable. We won't because the same military industrial complex that won't tell us about the UFOs wants there to be war. I agree. But we are not the government. We are individuals. We are citizens. And as citizens, I think it's our duty to call out the bad things we've done. It doesn't mean, does that mean you have to hate America? Does that mean you have no, to I be love America. embarrassed about it? I love America. you should America. call out the bad things that we've done and not try to justify them. And we should call out the bad things other people do and not justify them. But how can we be giving hundreds of billions of dollars – I mean, since when did Ukraine 
become the 52nd state of America? I mean, we have... <laughs> we got people dying in East Palestine, Ohio, because Norfolk Southern Railroad uh, doesn't want to lose a train on time and they pollute an entire city. We just have potentially a thousand dead native Hawaiian kids and it's not even on the news anymore. Oh, it's still on the news. I'm seeing that a lot. But anyway, I think... I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I don't know. I Listen, I respect your opinion. I'm mm -hmm. not going to argue about it. But I'm just saying... Uh, what was the point that we were making on Putin and the war and as of World War Three? We're on the yeah. war, edge of World War Three. Right. Regardless, we're there. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. And that was the point. On, on the on the brink of this, um, if there is a solution that takes away a country's autonomy and creates a world government, which is very scary to think about, but it does result in peace. Is it the morally right or wrong thing to do to do that? If you have the resources and the means to lie to people and manipulate people for their own good, should you do it? No. Even if that means they will die. Yes. Now take that same point of view and apply that to aliens. Aliens can control us and yes. can change our world. They can come down here, take away our guns, make us make peace with each other, change our brain They can just look at chemistry. us and be like, you comply. Theoretically. Should they be allowed to do that? No. What if they do? And there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> because we, the only defense we would have against them would not be technological. It would be only if we could somehow harness something uniquely human in some type of consolidated expression of love and unity would be our only chance at defeating overwhelming technology and superiority. We would have to defeat them with uniquely human love. <laughs> so is, is it not justifiable? Okay, I'm hearing everybody out in the audience go, blah, blah. Yeah. But is it not justifiable to be afraid of aliens then? Because they could do the same thing, create a, a universal government, whereas we could fear a world government where we take away every individual's choice and we force everybody through lies and deception. They haven't up. yet, so why worry? That's they could have been doing it, or maybe this is all their work. Yeah, maybe the maybe maybe it all started with John D. Rockefeller and J.P. Morgan and uh, Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla, and they're like, you know what? Why are these bitches to the telephone poles? Keep them working in the coal mines so that they don't realize the moon is basically the Four Seasons or some shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. stay off my beach. I, I do think that that is the one piece of comfort is that nothing has happened yet. Um, but you know the. The wheel of time turns slowly. Could they be totally benevolent and they're only here kind of monitoring us, kind of poking their head in the fishbowl with their finger a little bit and trying to tame us to the point because we're like wild animals and we are the gun-toting, beer-drinking, pew-pew kind of people and we are dangerous to them because we're so low vibrational and they're trying to peek, our, peek, peek their head into our aquarium and be like yo guys yo there's another way is that okay that would be great if they did it and it gave us a choice it doesn't sound like we have a choice in that case but what if they're giving us a choice well i think they're interjecting themselves against or at, not at our request or maybe they're making themselves a, a, a known just enough so that there's a groundswell of people that say welcome like they must be welcomed in by a certain percentage of population and they're trying to get into our zeitgeist in a positive way and say welcome so we welcome them so that because maybe they're like vampires they have to have an invitation 
Um, <laughs> I might be a bit of a pessimist, but I think that if we were given the choice, more people would say no, and I think it would lead to more civil conflict. I think that there would be people that would say absolutely yes, and people that say absolutely no. What would you say? I would be well. Let's let's. I would need more details on exactly what they're going to do. Let's, let's go- say they they come out there. They're right in our atmosphere, right at the Aurora Borealis. They break in at the Super Bowl or the NBA championship game or whatever. They get the most sure. uh, NASCAR, whatever event, whatever. Or they break into the the UN summit or something, mm-hmm. and and they uh, people of Earth. Uh, this is uh, Mork from Mork, and. Uh, we're here. Uh, uh, we think you might be cool, uh, but uh, you got to invite us. Don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah, trust us. You don't know what you're gonna get. Hey, if, but you got to have faith. Well, you I gotta have faith. I think that um, if if the proposition is only you have to have faith, I don't have faith. I think that is a tactic that we as people use all the time to manipulate each other, why would aliens be any different? If they can prove to me or show me something, let's say we're going to give you this resource. We're going to change this part of your brain chemistry to prevent you from having this kind of suffering. We're going to offer you this or that. I'd be willing to hear them out. I would. But if it's just, we're up in the atmosphere, if you have faith, we'll come down. But if not, we're staying up here. I don't trust that. Well, I think... uh... There's a couple of different ways you can look at that. We talk about faith. I'll leave it to George Michael. I don't know, man. I mean, what if everybody just joined hands and channeled the spirit of George Michael and uh, said, we got to have a little faith. We got to be nice. Well, on this Labor Day, folks, uh, from part of the Rotor family here in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, to all you people out there in Crime Scene Time Machine land, on behalf of Evan Rotor, I've been his dad, and I love you, planet Earth. Have a little faith. Thanks for stopping by, Evan. Thanks for having me. Woo! Yeah. Later, everybody.